Good morning. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And thank you for joining us online this morning. For us as a church, this is our first virtual Easter, and I know uh, for many of us it's the same experience. And a simple way to show and share Jesus as we start here is hit like and share wherever you're watching this. And I believe that God wants to use this in some amazing ways for his purposes today. Over the last 10 days, as Jen mentioned earlier, we asked you to gather some simple things for this morning. A rock for each person in your house, a pack of seeds or some kind of bulbs, and also if you have kids, to just get some Easter goodies to make sure that's a special Easter for them. And please, if you don't have those items yet, make sure you gather them. Now let's begin by reading the resurrection story from Mark 16, 1 to 8. Saturday evening, Saturday evening when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the, they, on the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe, sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you before he died. The women fled from the tomb, trembling and bewildered, and they said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened. Let's pray together. Father God, I pray as we celebrate this Resurrection Sunday that you arose from the dead, that you conquered death and sin in the grave and are alive forevermore. God, may you breathe new life into us. We pray as it is different for many of us or all of us, God, we ask for a new sense of your presence. And may you remove me and may people hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we have this story. There are three ladies on their way to a grave to anoint Jesus' dead, lifeless body. Mary Magdalene, who Jesus earlier had cast seven demons out of. Mary, the mother of Jesus, who had watched Jesus from birth all the way growing up until now, and Salome. All three of these women knew Jesus. They were connected with Jesus. They had seen his power demonstrated through his life, but now he is dead. As they're walking to the tomb, they're having a conversation. They're talking. And they say to one another, who will roll the stone away for us when we arrive at the tomb? If you're familiar with where Jesus was buried and the burial customs of that time, many of the tombs were cut into the side of hills and hewn out of rock. Here's a picture of one like it. The tomb would have an opening, and in front of that opening there would be a channel at the bottom which would allow a large rock to be rolled downhill to be in front of that entrance. Many of these stones weighed over 2,000 pounds, and it would have been impossible for these women to even consider moving this stone, but they still headed to the tomb. 
What are the rocks, the areas that seem impossible to move in your life? I'd like you right now to take out that rock that you have found. Maybe it looks something like this or something else. But take it on out and just hold it in your hand. And I want you to picture this rock as something in your life that is impossible to move. Maybe it's a crisis you're facing. Maybe it's a loss of job, loss of health, or even death. Maybe it's a relationship you're struggling with or trauma that happened in your past that seems to be this rock that you trip over again and again all throughout your life. And what seems to be that immovable stone in your life. Now, some of you might have looked at this rock and thought, that's a little bit too small. So I brought another one for some of you. (laughs) Here's a little bit bigger rock. And yes, it is a real rock. And maybe this is how your life feels, that you're just carrying something around that you can barely bear the weight of. That you're just struggling to survive. And wish that somehow, some way, it could get taken care of. Maybe you feel like you don't have a rock in your life. But I can guarantee that someone in your life is dealing with things that feel like rocks that can't be removed. And this rock that you are holding, I want it to symbolize the things that you feel are impossible to move in your life. Now, these women were facing the same type of obstacles. A stone was in their way to the lifeless body of Jesus, but they still went to the tomb. And isn't that what we do? We go back to areas in our life that have brought death. On the surface, when we revisit those areas, we don't think anything's going to change. We just think we're going to find death again. But if we're willing to consider a little deeper, I believe in each one of us is a longing, a hope that somehow those things in our life will change. Somehow those immovable areas will be able to be moved. We often set low expectations, just like these women. We aren't expecting to find the miraculous. They were not thinking stone rolled away, empty tomb resurrection. No, they were thinking barriers in a proper burial to their dreams. The expectations are low. So what happens? Well, first, the obstacle. The stone, which they thought was the main issue, had already been taken care of. Take that stone that you have and just kind of set it next to you as a symbol of Maybe this thing is already being taken care of. And so they arrive there. The stone is already rolled away. We read in the Gospel of Matthew that an angel had descended from heaven and an earthquake had happened and the angel had rolled the stone away. First, the obstacles removed. Now things are changing for these ladies. So they they go up to the tomb. They they look into the tomb and they find a young man in a white robe sitting there who's actually an angel. And the angel states, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. I, I love that statement by the angel, don't be alarmed or don't be surprised. Come on, 
the stone had been rolled away. They're encountering an angel, and they should just look at this as normal. I'd be alarmed. I'd be surprised. But it also makes me wonder, from God's perspective, what God is doing, this is not a surprise. This is normal God-sized business. Doing the miraculous when people expect the mundane. This is God. And why is it that we are surprised when God comes through? When God does the impossible? When the impossible becomes possible? I wonder if part of the reason why is because of all the disappointments, setbacks, and times that we believe God hasn't come through. So we look at our current heartaches, pain, loss, and we feel that God doesn't care or he's unable to intervene. But here, they're standing in the midst of the miraculous. So what does the angel do? Well, at first he says, don't be alarmed. And then he continues on and says, you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. Up until this point, the angel's story and the women's story is exactly the same. They're looking for a certain person who had a certain thing done to them, and they're on the same page. But now here's where the script changes. The angel says three other things. He is not here. And that first statement might be taken as, well, did somebody steal his body? Did somebody move him somewhere else? We know that we're at the right grave because both the angel and I are on the same place, but he's saying he is not here. And to clarify, the angel says he has risen from the dead, that Jesus is alive and he's alive forevermore. And the third statement that we can easily overlook, the angel says, look, this is where his body was laid. I love that statement, look. Because it gives this idea of see for yourself. Investigate for yourself. Don't take my word. Don't take an angel's word. Go and look for yourself and see what has happened. And throughout history, that same invitation has been put out billions of times. Go and look for yourself. Investigate for yourself the claims of Jesus. Don't take my word. Don't take a different pastor's word, but go and investigate yourself. And if you look back through history and the countless lives that have changed and the people have explored who Jesus is deeply, again and again, the claims of Jesus have been proved to be true. And Jesus is still transforming lives, including you and I. I have personally investigated the claims of Jesus. And I've personally looked into other religions. And again and again, I come back to Jesus. Historically, relationally, practically, experientially, Jesus is God. He lived, he died, he was buried, he rose again, ascended to heaven, and one day he is coming back. That is what we believe as followers of Jesus. But don't just take my word for it. Go and look. Look for yourself. Investigate. And my hope is that you for yourself will discover this to be true. Well, this passage finishes 
with the angels instructing the women to go and tell Peter and the others that Jesus is headed to Galilee, just like he said. Instead, the women leave trembling in fear and tell no one. I can see why these women would be freaked out. If I would have been in their shoes, I would have been in the same situation. It's a little too much information and overwhelming to comprehend. But I can also tell you over the next days and weeks, not only these women, but the followers of Jesus and beyond grew in confidence as they saw the risen Jesus as they encountered him. And on the day of Pentecost, which we call the birthday of the church, when God poured out his Holy Spirit on the church, there was not one person after that outpouring quivering in fear or unbelief. They had all believed and given their lives fully to proclaiming the truth that Jesus had risen. So back to the rock. You set it aside as a simple symbol that God is doing something beyond rolling stones. That he's not only removing barriers, he is bringing new life from death. And now ask yourself this question. Where do I need God to bring new life where there is only death? Where do I need God to bring new life where there is only death? Now if you have that seed packet, Or maybe you have a bulb, or maybe you went and found some weed seeds, or some vegetable seeds. Whatever you have, I want you to take it out. Don't open it, but I want you to take it out. And after we're done today, either in a cup, a planter, if you have a yard, to take those seeds and plant them. And alongside these seeds, I want you to take that rock that you have and put it next to these seeds as a symbol that even where there is death, God can begin to bring new life. And if it's a bigger rock, like this one that I have, put it next to those seeds and watch over the next days and weeks and months as God brings new life where you only thought that there was death. A story is told in a pastor's manual that in England stands a four great, a, a great four-trunked tree growing out of a grave. The grave from which it grows is the grave of Lady Anne Grimston. Lady Anne Grimston did not believe in life after death or the resurrection, and when she lay dying in her elaborate house, surrounded by great wealth, she said to a friend of hers, I shall live again as surely as a tree will grow from my body. She was convinced there was no life after death. She was buried in a marble tomb, covered by a large marble slab and surrounded by an iron railing. Years later, the marble slab was found to be moved a little bit. Then it cracked. And through the crack, a small tree began to grow. The tree continued to grow, tilting the stone and breaking the marble masonry until today it has surrounded the tomb with its roots. Here is a picture of the tomb and the four-trunked tree. Was it mere chance that caused the tree to grow? Perhaps. Or maybe God Almighty took the challenge to bring life where only death was predicted and expected. Today, is Resurrection Sunday. 
Easter Sunday, the pinnacle of the church calendar, where we are reminded that where only death had come and emptiness was expected, there was a resurrection. We do not follow a dead Savior, but a living Savior who has conquered death in the grave, and our God is still rolling stones. Our God is still bringing death from life, bringing life from death. And today my prayer is that you will experience the power of the resurrection for yourself. What those things in your life that felt immovable, my prayer today is that God would move them. If you have never said yes to Jesus in your life, I would invite you to do that today. And what that means is that you invite him to come into your life. You put him in charge of whatever master beauty you have. You turn from your selfish ways and turn to God and simply offer yourself afresh anew to him. Now, for those who already know Christ, we still deal with issues. And if you're holding on to something today, I pray that you'd lay it down and trust that somehow, even in death, God can bring life. Let's pray together. Father God, you are still moving immovable things. You are still bringing death, life from death. And God, I pray that you would do an extravagant work in our lives. God, I pray for those who have never said yes to you. Today, God, may they say yes for the first time. And may you bring your transformation to their lives. I pray, Father God, for those who are carrying those rocks or boulders or stones that are holding them back from the life that you've called them to live. God, may those be released to you today. And God, as we take these seeds and rocks and as we plant those seeds as a symbol of you bringing new life, may you truly do that in a much more profound way than plants. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to encourage you, if today you said yes to Jesus for the first time, or if you'd like me to even personally follow up with you this next week, on our website, neighborhoodc.org, we have a connect card. They click on connect on our main page and fill out that card. And I'd love to talk to you this next week about any decision you've made to either follow Christ for the first time or recommitting your life to Christ. Please take that moment to do that, and I'd love to see how we can connect.